The mass of men lead lives of quiet desperation. Henry David Thoreau. Today we're going to be talking about conformity, how it can affect us, how we can use it, how to protect ourselves from it. So back in the 1950s, Dr. Solomon Ash conducted an experiment. And this experiment has become very well studied. It's been basically a staple of most psychology classes. So the experiment demonstrated the incredible power that our herd instincts still hold over us, uh, even though we're supposedly advanced and have all these crazy reasoning skills and we're rational creatures. So in the experiment, uh, students were shown these groups of lines, and the lines were ver of various lengths. So they were, there were three lines grouped together over on the right-hand side, and then on the left there was the fourth line, and that one was standing separate from the rest of them. So the students were asked to answer out loud which one of the three lines was closest in length to the first one. It's just which line segment is the same length. It's very simple. So one by one they went down the table, and they gave their answers out loud. They thought about it for a second, and they, they gave their answer one, two, or three. Now, the key to the experiment was that only one of the students was actually the test subject. Everybody else was in on the experiment. So after the first couple rounds um, of everybody giving the correct answers, the actors in the study started to intentionally give the wrong answer. They all seemed to agree on the same wrong answer, which is very important. They all had, like, they collectively agreed on a line segment that was clearly not correct. And this had a really powerful impact on the, su the subjects who were unaware of what was going on. So some of them conformed more than others, which this was the point of the experiment, to see how, how much people would conform. And obviously some were more influenced than others. Uh, and there were multiple versions of this experiment that were done. So there were different overall numbers at the end of each. But the, the overall statistic, the overall rate of conformity, it was really high. Uh, it kind of depended on exactly which version of the, the experiment was done. But basically, long story short, it, it was extremely high that after hearing everybody else give the wrong answers, that test subject was extremely likely to also give the same wrong answer. And then afterwards, they were interviewed, uh, and they were they, they knew that they were giving the wrong answers. They weren't influenced into it. They weren't tricked into it. They knew they just didn't want to go against the, the popular opinion. Uh, just after hearing a couple of their peers just be confident and give those, those incorrect answers, most people just, they couldn't go, they couldn't resist going along with the group. So if this idea seems a little bit vague, then I would invite you to go uh, Google it, just Dr. Ash's experiment. It'll pull up the, the pictures of the slides that participants were looking at. It's very simple. The answers were extremely obvious, and there's not really any room for doubt. Uh, if you want a visual representation, just it might make a little bit more sense. But like I said, when they were interviewed afterwards, they, they, were, they gave all these excuses as to, to why they gave the answers that they did. They had all these, these explanations. Uh, basically, nobody wanted to make waves. Nobody wanted to stir the pot or stand out. And they all knew the answers that they were giving were wrong, but to avoid drawing attention to themselves, they chose instead to give the incorrect answer. So we, and what's interesting here is that there was no real risk of consequences for shaking things up here. There's no real like penalty for going against the flow. In spite of that, I mean, I mean, they, they were all strangers. They weren't going to see each other again. But in spite of that, very few people had the courage to stand up against this perceived social pressure. So what's more, it was also discovered that the act that the more actors were added to the experiment, the more people that were going along with this, that drove up the rate of conformity. By adding, it, it added greater and greater social pressure on the participants, and they were influenced to give just the, the obviously wrong answers more and more. Now, 
where I want to kind of diverge from a traditional psychology class is in the interpretation of this experiment. So let's look at what this experiment implies for us on a day-to-day -day basis and how we can use these lessons, uh, how we can use this as a lesson, like what is the lesson contained within to hack our brains a little bit. So what is the easiest way to influence somebody? Is it to convince them that you have some kind of superior knowledge? Is it to intimidate them into submission? Or maybe is it to trick them into making a mistake? Well, I'm starting to think that there's a simpler, more elegant solution. So if you convince somebody that you speak for the majority, that gives you an incredible power. And in terms of just building your persuasion skills, it's an extremely useful tool to utilize. It really is. And it's something that it's something that we use in sales a lot to overcome objections. So when I start to sense some kind of hesitation, uh, somebody's resistant to something, uh, before they even get the chance to say anything uh, or to reject it, I'll say something along the lines of, well, this is what most people do. So most people pick this, or most people pick this product, or they, they go with this plan, they pick these stipulations, whatever. And I kind of guide them towards an option that I'm, I might, I think that it, there might be less mental resistance for them. It might be a little bit easier of a sell, but I'll share as many personal stories, or I'll, I'll share as many stories as I can about other, with other customers uh, who were happy with the product, or maybe even my own personal stories. But I just, I pile those on one after another. And every time somebody is starting to think, or I feel like they're trying to say, no, I just don't even give them a chance to say anything. I start saying, well, this guy did this, this woman did that, blah, 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 blah. I had this personal experience. Uh, here's these testimonials. And I, I kind of pile onto them and I'll, I'll drop phrases that most people pick this option, you know, and it just unconsciously implants the idea that the majority of people are doing this. And it's, it's, it's kind of sneaky, uh, but you're, you're just giving them this idea that this is the trend. This is the way to go. This is what other people are doing. And, and even on that consequence free environment, if you say, no, I mean, nobody's going to like come around you and say, oh, well, you didn't do what everybody else did. No, that's not going to happen, but it still has a really powerful impact on people. And I just try to make it seem like, um, you know, most people agree with me and are happy as a result. And obviously there's a certain amount of ethics here. I mean, if you're selling a piece of junk product, you probably, you know, should find another occupation. But if you have something that you genuinely believe in, there's nothing wrong with, you know, applying a little bit of social pressure, especially when people, it is something that could benefit them. They're just hesitant, you know, they're afraid to make that jump for whatever reason. People have all kinds of different reasons for being afraid to move forward with something, being resistant towards things. And even just like outside of the world of sales, just in um, office politics or, you know, social groups, whatever it might be, uh, it, it's just a very powerful tool to use if you can make, if you want something done, you just convince people that this is what everybody else is doing. And that, that phrase, it's really, I, I do want to point it out though, because that phrase, what most people do, that, that really took my sales numbers and my income to a, just a completely new level. That, that was completely a game changer for me. And when I started using this line at first, it honestly felt kind of like magic. And I, w I always watch people as closely as I can. And I try to notice the, the really subtle changes in their micro expressions. And after I implant the idea that this is what most people do is you can see a physical change in people as it, it starts to like dawn on them, even, even if they don't necessarily realize it. And this also takes us back to the lesson that we did on pluralistic ignorance, if I can pronounce it. You might remember that episode, 
that's where that's where just basically people tend to follow the group. If they're unsure of what to do, uh, if they're confused, if they um, they're, they're going to assume that out of the entire group, somebody must know what to do. If no one does anything or if everybody does the same thing, then they're probably going to assume that that's the appropriate response. So if everybody's going down a certain line and everybody's saying, you see this all the time, people will stand in lines that don't exist. They'll just make it up. And it turns out, hey, there's not really a line here. Uh, but they they see a few people doing it and they don't know what to do. So they assume, okay, well, I this is, must be it. I think the example that I gave uh, back when I did the episode was about, I think if somebody needs help, uh, like on the side of the road, and it's very unlikely that anybody's going to stop and help that person because everybody's going to, it's an unusual situation if people look around to one another to see, well, I don't know what to do. What are other people doing? And it's not a conscious thing, but they look around. If they don't see other people reacting, then they're going to assume that, okay, well, nobody else is doing anything, so I don't need to do anything. The reality is those people are looking back at them, and it's this two-way mirror of, well, everybody's looking at each other thinking, I want somebody else to act, and then I'll do that thing. And nobody's doing it because everybody's looking to each other. Nobody's taking charge. But, of course, it does have the reverse effect. Once somebody does stop to help or somebody does get out of that line, everybody tends to follow pretty quickly. Um, so basically, that's just where people tend to follow the the crowd, like I said. And now the reason for all this is it's understandable. Um, you, you can We can talk trash about our, ourselves and our, our programming and the human condition as much as you want. But it, it makes sense because humans are extremely social creatures. And for a long time, we depended on one another to, to survive. And we still do, uh, even in today's world of independence, we still do depend on each other. But just over the course of countless generations, it's been hardwired into our brains that we have to be team players. And it might not be as obvious in the modern world. It's not so obvious that we have to depend on the group to survive. But that's a, that's a recent change. That's not, that's not something that's been around for a while. So it hasn't gotten hardwired into our DNA yet. That's not in our programming yet. It might be one day. We don't know. But as of right now, we're still, we still have primitive aspects to ourselves. So the amount of independence and self-sufficiency that we currently enjoy, it, like I said, it's not what we're programmed to understand. Our genetics haven't caught up with that technology. So the, the primitive brain still believes that we we have to keep from being rejected from the from the tribe at basically any cost. Because in the ancient days, those that rejection from the tribe would pretty much meant death. If not death, um, then a lack of reproductive opportunities, if nothing else. And that's kind of a key factor in our, our hardwiring is that we're, we're programmed to know pass on our genes to others the people who were not team players who they they may have been more intelligent they may have been able to live happy fulfilled lives but back in caveman days i mean they they they, if nothing else even if they survived they wouldn't have had reproductive opportunities because they were outside of the tribe of people and they didn't get a chance to pass on their genes so it's, it's really not that difficult to leverage this. Um, you just have to convince others that the actions you want from them are in line with the majority of most people. Advertisers do this all the time. The media t- does this all the time. They take advantage of us. So why shouldn't we do the same thing? Why are, you know, not to the same extent, not in the same way, not in the same you know, blatant disregard for human decision that they do, but why shouldn't we take the time to develop the same knowledge and power? Because that's what it is, is power. There's no, there's no way around it. If you have the skills to use this intentionally, it's power. Now, obviously, we haven't completely, completely escaped from our dependency on others. 
So if we do make a habit of blatantly manipulating other people, there are going to be severe consequences to that. So I'm not suggesting that you go out and manipulate everybody and you go mistreat your coworkers and you treat the customers that you have or your friends and family and coworkers the same way that uh, advertising agencies or governments and politicians are going to treat you. I'm not saying do that. You're very quickly going to burn bridges. You're going to put yourself in a bad situation. Other than the fact that, you know, you do have an other than just a basic moral ethic responsibility to others in terms of your own character and how you treat others, you're going to burn bridges. You're, you're going to alienate yourself very quickly. And so it's actually very kind of productive to take advantage of others. Um, what I am suggesting is that this knowledge is potential power and making use of this power is the intelligent thing to do. I mean, that's what most people would do, right? So moving forward, last little section I want to talk about Let's talk about the, the, the reverse of this, protecting yourself. Protecting yourself from the same influence being used against you. So while there is an obvious advantage to learning to leverage the power of social pressure, it's also really important to learn to protect yourself from that same influence, obviously. Advertisers, politicians, salespeople, um, all of them, them, even just sociopaths, they will ruthlessly exploit this human weakness to get what they want without question. Being able to protect yourself from them starts with just a simple understanding of the techniques that they use. I mean, that's where it all begins. You can't protect yourself against something that you don't understand. Now, hopefully I have provided a workable knowledge in this lesson, but just sitting back and passively absorbing is never enough to really make use of what I've talked about today. You've got to go out there and apply it. So my goal for each episode and uh, every blog post that I make uh, is to go is, is to give you practical tips that you can go out and start using today. So don't stress out if this still seems kind of fuzzy, kind of vague, kind of complicated, kind of overwhelming, like, okay, yeah, I understand the theory, the idea behind it, but how exactly do I use it? Go out there and get started with whatever small steps you can. Just, just start at the very basic level of what you're capable of doing and go from there. You, you're not going to be perfect at it at first. You're not even going to be good at it at first. Bumble around, stumble with it. Try out different lines. Just start looking for opportunities. The more you train your brain to find the opportunities to suggest these things uh, to other people, first of all, you're becoming more aware of yourself and your own social interactions. With that, in, that in and of itself is extremely valuable because most people never develop that self-awareness. They kind of just blindly go through life with whatever tools they happen to have picked up um, by the end of high school. And you see that a lot. If people were successful in high school, if they had a lot of friends and they were cool, they probably do well in life. And the opposite is true. If they were losers and outcasts and couldn't get along with anybody, well, they might have grown up to be, you know, intelligent people who were successful in their own way, but they're probably still not good with people. They probably didn't get that much better, except with their own particular little clique and group. Because most people stop learning. They don't, they don't try to keep bettering themselves to develop better tools. And the thing is that social skills aren't really taught in high school. They're not taught in any level of school, really. You're kind of told what to do, and you're punished if you step too far out of line, and you're punished socially if you don't fall in line with the group, but you're not really given corrective uh, criteria. You're not really told how to fix yourself. You just kind of have to figure it out. And like I said, most people live reactively. So if you get hurt and like your feelings are hurt and you're not invited somewhere or you're kicked out of a group or people don't laugh at your jokes whatever you don't you might know that hey that's the wrong way to do it but you don't necessarily know what the right way to do it is and even if you copy somebody who is successful you don't necessarily know why they're successful at that point 
you could tell the same joke with a bad delivery and it just doesn't land right because you're not picking up on those subtle body language um, and nonverbal cues that they're they're putting out there. So if nothing else, just learning to bring intention to your interactions is incredibly valuable. And now that you have a tool and you, you understand that, hey, this is a goal, how can I make people see that my way of doing things is the popular opinion? And the more subtle you can be about this, the better. So you might start off kind of um, with, with, with a, a wider view of things. You might start off imprecise, we'll say, but over time you'll get more refined, you'll get better and better, and it just takes practice, but you have to start doing it. Don't just take this lesson and say, oh, well, that's really interesting. It is interesting, but there's a lot of psychology classes that are interesting. The reason I have this show is because they're interesting, but they're not very useful. Not until you spent years and years and years studying them and you kind of put everything together and then you pick up oh well now i understand everything well no i want you guys to be able to do that from the beginning that's the whole point of this this series is that you can take these lessons and use them today so start practicing today start figuring out ways that you can influence others today also start seeing ways that you are influenced today and it kind of is difficult to admit that sometimes when you realize hey this is i'm going along with social pressure i'm going along because on some unconscious level i was influenced and you're not going to pick up on everything. You're never going to pick up on everything because the human mind is incredibly complicated. There's so many unseen, unconscious currents that are going through our, our mind, through our emotions. You're never going to pick up on all of it. But you can become more aware of it. So just remember that nobody wants to stand out. And on an unconscious level, most people will allow themselves to be led by an authority figure who speaks for the group because that's a safe thing to do genetically speaking so like i said just to keep, to keep this from becoming just a theory that you forget about you're not going to be perfect at first go out there and practice it train yourself to be hyper aware of anyone trying to exert this influence over you so perk up every time you hear anything that suggests a herd mentality practice disengaging emotionally from these suggestions if you watch tv this is easy i don't watch tv but every time i do happen to see any kind of ads or commercials is very obvious. You know, there's there always is some sort of social pressure being leveraged. Just start noticing it. It might be obvious at first, but the more you notice it, the more the, the better you get at it. And kind of your reticular activating system gets involved, and you start to pick up on more stuff. So it, it's really important to understand this too, just for yourself and for your community, because in a in a world that's becoming more and more controlled by the media and by popular opinion we need more people who are intelligent enough to see through the deception that's taking place and to stand apart from the crowd so the interesting conclusion to this experiment is the last thing i want to talk about very quickly and is equally as important as everything else that we've talked about so far so it was discovered that the effects of conformity were basically eliminated when at least one of the other actors disagreed with the group before they got to the subject so as they were going down the line, giving the wrong answers, once people started giving, uh, once people started disagreeing with that group, when somebody broke the pattern and somebody went against the flow, the power of the group was pretty was very diminished. It was pretty much taken away, and the the test subjects were much less influenced to give those incorrect answers. And all it really took was for them to see that they wouldn't be alone in that decision. So that one actor kind of paid the way or paved the way for everybody else to follow behind a little bit more easily. Now, what's really interesting about this is the fact that the actor who disagreed didn't even have to be right. He could have been just as obviously wrong as everybody else. 
that didn't matter. Once people started to see somebody else go against the grain, it gave them the courage to stand up and do the same thing. So be aware of that. Be aware of the fact that this could be the impact that you have on the other people around you. Standing up for what you believe in, standing up for what you think is the correct answer, even if it isn't the popular opinion, that could give a voice to the other people who are too intimidated to speak up for themselves. As always, guys, don't forget to check me out on social media. I am on Instagram, uh, Jack Gray underscore psychology hacks. Also, if you want to follow my blog, it's essentially a written version of everything I talk about, but it's a little bit easier to skim and search than to listen to the whole episode ever again. So stay safe, guys. I'll be in touch. Hey, guys, welcome out to another episode of Psychology Hacks. Today's going to be a little bit different. Um, it's not a whole lot of, actually, there's no preparation involved, and there's not any particular study that we're looking at. I just um, have had a lot on my mind, and I think that it would be beneficial to share this with anybody that cares to listen. I apologize for all the ambient noise. I am somewhere out in the middle of the woods. I've been walking for a while, so I'm not entirely sure where I'm at. I know that there's a road somewhere nearby because I can hear vehicles. But at the moment, I'm sitting on the side of the river talking to a duck that has wandered up and sat about five feet away from me. So that's kind of cool. Anyway, I wanted to talk about some things that are, I feel like they're said, but they're said in a way that does not register with people as being valid or scientific or useful. So what I want to talk about, I want to, this is not going to be some kind of motivational speech or anything, nothing like that. I just want to talk practically in terms of how do you get through difficult times, like the hardest times that you can go through, because that's what I'm kind of in right now. Uh, and I'm, I'm coming through it. I'm starting to get to the point of healing and lesson learning but this last couple days has been very traumatic it's been very difficult i've been in a very dark place and it's interesting to go through that knowing what i know now because i've been through some very serious times in the past and i didn't know what was going on you know but this time like i've i've done so much work on myself i've spent so much time creating good habits creating um, the right mindset to be able to be strong and to get through difficult times, to be able to not spiral out of control, but to you know keep from getting depressed. And it's really difficult to look at that objectively when you're going through something incredibly painful, when you're going through the dark soul of the night, when you're in that worst place. It's hard to look and say, well, I can use all these psychology tricks. I know how the human brain works. I know how I can get through this. <clears throat> it's all well and good until everything is the fan and you don't have the energy to even eat. And so I want to talk about how do you get through that kind of stuff. Because I've been through it before. I've um, One of the reasons that I got interested in psychology in the first place is that I have severe OCD and bipolar disorder. <clears throat> And learning to cope with those things is one of the reasons that I started to really analyze the the human mind because I started to realize that it's a process. You know, it's um, it's not totally a machine, but it's machine-like. 
it's something that you can influence, something that you can change, something that you can mold and shape. And doing that self-work over years and years and years is what eventually led to me starting the show because I know that people are interested in psychology and it's just not explained to them practically. I know that people need help with their mental health and disorders, whether that's like a serious disorder or just like a, a tough time that they're going through, something they don't know how to process. People need help. And there's a lot of BS out there um, that people run into and a lot of bad information, you know? <clears throat> there's a lot of stuff on social media that tells you that you need to be a certain way. You need to act a certain way. Oh, if your relationship's going this way, you need to end it or you need to do this. Or if it's not going this way, then like that's what it's supposed to be like. And Or if you're sad all the time it's because you're you're not motivated and you need to <clears throat> you need to change careers right now and you need to do all this stuff and it's just not necessarily the truth and it's a lot of bad information so I kind of want to share my experience I want to share my thoughts I'm gonna try to stay hydrated I've had two bottles of water in the last three days and like I said I've hiked for a pretty good distance so my voice is a little off. I apologize. I apologize to my friend over here, Mr. Mallard, who keeps edging closer and closer. I think he thinks that I have bread. I do not. I have a banana. So he's out of luck, unfortunately. But I will give him pets if he comes close enough. And I think he wants it. Anyway, let's talk. <clears throat> how do you get through the worst of the worst? How do you how do you hack your brain? How do you get through that stuff? Well, at the end of the day, there's things that you can do. There's, if you, if in times of good health, if you take the time and the energy to practice establishing good habits, that will help, obviously. Um, you know, if you're, if you're in a dark place right now and you're coming to this and you don't have that as a background, that's going to sound kind of stupid to you because you're like, well, it doesn't help me right now. So I got you. <clears throat> I learned this lesson earlier this year. This lesson at the beginning of this year was the dark, darkest time in my life, without a doubt, no, hands, no hesitation. And it was when I was the most out of control. It was when I was, I had a certain amount of knowledge and like book smarts, like I understood things about the human mind and I had gone through cycles where I had been successful, but I hadn't, I hadn't integrated it enough to deal with longstanding issues. I had, I had a lot of darkness deep down inside me that I wasn't processing, that I wasn't dealing with. And it was causing serious problems. <clears throat> Very, honestly, a trip to the therapist, somebody else looking at me objectively, like a, a good old-fashioned Freudian approach, probably would have saved me a lot of pain. Uh, had I listened to them, I ended up kind of having to go through it on my own. And at the end of the day, that might have been more beneficial to me. Here's what I learned. <clears throat> And I guess I just, the universe wanted me to make sure that I had learned this, that I had gone through this process, that I hadn't just disregarded it. But <coughs> one thing that I had started to notice is that I'm a very strong person. I can put up with a lot. I can laugh it off. I can, you know, my philosophy is very resilient. I can put up with a lot. I can deal with incredible circumstances. But I get to a point every now and again where I just break down. You know, I just can't handle it anymore. It's too much. Like, it's just overwhelming. I'm too broken. I'm too... 
upset, there's too much pain, too overwhelmed, there's just, there's just things that, you know, there's demons that are very difficult to stand up against persistently. <clears throat> and it gets to a point where you kind of break down. And what I started to learn was that it's okay. And that when you go through these really difficult times, <clears throat> you can't rush the process. And I see, I want to say this in my own words because I see hippies on TikTok saying this all the time. About, well, the only way through is, or the only way out is through, or you gotta, you gotta go through the pain and blah, blah, blah. And they say it with <coughs> this attitude of, well, everything's great and everything's gonna work out fine and you just gotta go through it and like trust the universe. And that's nice to say when you've done the healing and you're looking back and you think, oh yeah, this is great. When you're in that dark place, when you're in the depths of depression, when you are completely hopeless, when nothing feels good anymore, when there's no light, when your soul's crushed, when your heart's broken, that doesn't mean a damn thing. None of that means anything to you. You don't care. There's no emotional connection there. It's not encouraging at all to know that, oh, it'll get better one day. Will it? You don't feel that. <clears throat> so I want to explain the process that I've learned. And, you know, if this, if me going through all this helps other people, then so be it. <clears throat> Might as well get something good out of it. But I've learned that you've got to really take your time and embrace whatever's happening. You can't try to rush through things. If someone, if something has happened, if there's an external circumstance, something has changed and that's causing the, the pain, you can't rush through that healing process. <clears throat> people try to distract themselves. You know, after a breakup, it's really normal to see people go crazy and it's just, oh, I'm going to prove everything. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be my best self. I'm going to show them up. I'm going to do all the things that I wanted to do while I was with them and I couldn't do it. I want to make them jealous. I want to make them wish that they hadn't, you know, whatever. I want to be the best version of myself. I'm going to move on. I'm going to do so much better. You know, people die and they just think, well, how can I honor them? How can I blah, blah, blah? How can I keep their memory alive? <clears throat> how can I support myself? How can I establish a support system? All this stuff. You know, or, you know, I want to distract myself with drugs and alcohol and friends and sleeping around and whatever whatever your vice is tv food who cares it's all the same thing and this time around what i noticed is that i, I literally i didn't really have anybody um i talked to my family a little bit and that was it like i very isolated um very i'm, I'm kind of a loner to begin with but I realized I didn't have anybody to reach out to, and I had the option of looking back into my old habits, looking at my old coping mechanisms, and I was very grateful to realize that I had changed, but it didn't make it any easier. <clears throat> and what I'm trying to express here is that to get through something, you have to allow it to affect you. If you distract yourself, if you rush on to whatever makes you feel good, to whatever takes your mind off of it, you will never process it and it will continue to come up in everything that you do for the rest of your life until you face it. And I learned that the hard way at the beginning of this year when everything that I have repressed for the last three or four years, no longer than that, seven years, back to when I was 
much younger. All of this, it all came up all at once because I hadn't dealt with any of it. I went on to the next relationship. I went on to the next job. I went on to the next living situation, to the next project. Went back to the gym, did whatever. You know, and I'm not saying that all of this is totally unhealthy. Like if you were going through something difficult and you choose, I'm going to distract myself by going to the gym and like building stronger connections with my family. I'm not saying that's a bad thing, you know, like that's, that's probably the healthiest way to deal with stuff. But Um, in terms of distracting yourself, but it's still a distraction. And it's really difficult because it feels like nothing's going to change, but you have to do what's hardest. And what's hardest is to sit with the pain and accept it. And it's so difficult to allow it to affect you, to wash over you, to totally give into it, not to relinquish your hope, not to say, okay, I'm going to kill myself, but to not try to hide from it because it's going to hurt. It's going to hurt a lot. You're going to cry. You're going to feel worthless. You're going to feel hopeless. You're going to be depressed. You're going to be in so much pain. It's going to be so difficult, but you need to allow it to process. And if that takes a couple days of you wrapped up in a blanket in bed do it but don't hide from it don't try to distract yourself I mean you have responsibilities you gotta do what you gotta do if you gotta go to work go to work but don't overwork yourself don't work on your next project because it's the way to improve yourself forget that it's it's BS (coughs) It's a cop-out. It's an escape. It's a way of avoiding your problems. And sometimes those problems are really hard to deal with. They're, you want to avoid them so badly. But you can't do it. Because if you do it, you're never going to move on. You're never going to heal. You're never going to learn the lesson. <clears throat> and one thing... Excuse me. I'm trying to hydrate. One thing that I've noticed too just from all of this is that I very rarely take the time to sit with myself and just be to process things to really think back over everything because I'm always looking forward I'm always looking to move ahead because you know when I started really having emotional issues that's how I coped with things or that's excuse me that's that's kind of the position I was in where I was just always thinking I was always in my head so I had a lot of anxiety a lot of depression because I was thinking about everything that went wrong everything that could go wrong and I stopped doing that because I learned that if you focus on the future and on success on getting better it instantly boosts your mood and it helps you move forward and I've said it before I'll say it again the Tony Robbins work um, absolutely saved my life changed my life got me out of horrible place Um, got me out of a suicidal place got me out of a chronic depression place helped me to create a very beautiful life for myself I'm not knocking it however I am saying that if that's all you do you won't be a complete person you won't have the emotional intelligence 
that it takes to live a fully integrated life. <clears throat> because if you don't integrate the pain, the shadow, the darkness, it's going gonna, it's gonna to still be there. It doesn't go away. Just because you distract yourself and you don't notice it, it doesn't matter. You are going to deal with it resurfacing over and over and over again. And that's why over the last few years, I've had depression come back up over and over. I've struggled with addiction. I've struggled with a lot of stuff, you know? Insecurities, feelings of worthlessness, self-esteem issues. <coughs> and it just keeps coming back until earlier this year when I decided I had I, I encountered somebody who's incredibly wise and I was extremely fortunate to run into them and the advice that I got from this individual was just to open my heart up to not be afraid to feel whatever it is that I feel to not be scared to not hide from it if I feel love feel that love even though it opens me up to pain it's going to make me open up to pain and I'm going to have to deal with a lot of pain but it's also going to make me love much more deeply and believe me if you open yourself up 100% to love and connection you will feel pain and you will feel it more deeply than you ever thought possible and it will suck <laughs> There's no way around it. It will suck. But it's okay. Because if you learn how to open up like that, that pain doesn't last. It's going to be more intense to face it all at once, head on, especially without distraction. And I'm not saying you can't. You have to lock yourself in a dark room with no TV and nothing to do, like 24-7. I'm not saying that. But you need to take some serious time for yourself to get through this. Because whatever you're going through, if you're battling with depression, with suicide, with heartbreak, with loneliness, loss. If it's something that happened, if it's just a chemical imbalance. If you don't understand what's going on and you want to be better but you just can't. Or if there's a valid reason for it. I don't care what it is. I, I, I feel you. First of all, I promise you, no matter how alone you feel... You're not <clears throat> because what you feel has been felt by humans for a very long time there are a lot of people all around the world who are going through the same thing they might not have the exact same situation but they're there with you you're surrounded by a tribe of people that you will never meet and you are supported by them because <clears throat> once you start to heal you'll start to notice other people that aren't healed and you'll start to see oh I went through that too you know and trust me people around you they know I don't care how well you hide it people know and even the people that aren't around you there's lots of people out there that can relate to you. You're not alone. This is not new. <clears throat> this is why I feel comfortable putting it in a psychology post. Um, you know, normally you see some 
white girl with dreadlocks and a septum piercing talking about this stuff on TikTok. That's cool. Uh, but it doesn't mean anything when you're fine and you're happy and you're going through something and you're talking about how to get through the difficult times. It just doesn't mean the same thing because that, oh, trust everything will work out. That doesn't mean anything when you're in a bad place. It just really doesn't. <clears throat> it's not enough. You need something that you can do. And I'm sorry to say that this is the way to do it, but at the same time, this is the best way to do it. Because once you accept that pain, once you allow it to hurt you, it might not happen immediately. You might have a really bad couple of days. You might have a bad couple of weeks. Because <clears throat> everything else is going to come up. It's not just going to be this one thing. Everything's going to come up. But the more time that you can spend with yourself, allowing it to happen, the faster you can process things and the faster you can move through it. I know it's difficult. I've been through it many times and I had the <laughs> opportunity to go through it again over this last recent period of time. Oh, come on. Mr. Mallard just took a crap. I'm not sure he agrees with me. But no, I, it's hard. I'm not saying it isn't. And I'm not trying to give a motivational speech saying, oh, don't give up. Don't give up. But at the same time, understand that once you open yourself up to the pain, <clears throat> what happens is that you allow yourself to integrate that shadow into your life. You can't fully experience the highs and the good part of life if you are not willing to experience the bad. There's a lull of polarity, of correspondence. As above, so below. doesn't change. You can't have the good without the bad. If you feel numb emotionally, if you walk around depressed... Oh, goodbye, Mr. Ballard. If you walk around feeling like you're not fully experiencing life, like you're detached, like you're disassociated <clears throat> it's because you're not processing the bad stuff you haven't processed the pain you haven't processed the trauma and since you haven't processed it you haven't let go of it and you're stuck because if you don't experience that pain you can't experience the good stuff you can't get the highs without going through the lows you can't get to the mountaintop without first going through the valley it's just not possible. And I see so many people around me who deal with bipolar disorder, borderline personality disorder, depression, anxiety, addiction. It's everything. I see so much of it. I see so many lonely people. So many people that don't necessarily have a disorder, but they just don't, they just, they, life just sucks. They just don't feel it. It's because you're not allowing yourself to. It's because you're hiding from the pain, from the negative. <clears throat> Talked about Carl, Carl Jung before, individuation, which is the process of becoming your own person. And it starts as soon as you're born, and it doesn't stop. And if you guys are interested in that, it's really worth looking into, um, even just kind of reading over the phases of individuation. 
the phases of individuation, <laughs> excuse me, going crazy. <coughs> um, that can be very beneficial just to know what phase of life you're in, what you need to be focused on. But at the same time, <clears throat> it's very important that you learn to integrate that shadow self, that you learn to not hide from the pain. Because you can't move on until you accept it. It's just not possible. If you feel numb, isolated, depressed, I'm sorry to say it, but you've got to go through it. You have to deal with it. <clears throat> I'm not saying that to be tough or motivating. You have to deal with it. You have to face it. You know what? If you can't face it all at once in one day, it's fine. It's okay. But get a journal out. Do some writing. Stop fixating on activities. One of the things with me, I'm very go, go, go. I'm very on top of things. I'm always moving forward. <clears throat> you know, I get up early or come on podcast. I work on other projects. I work on whatever writing I'm doing. I work out. I'm listening to audiobooks in the car. I'm reading constantly. Like, I just don't give myself any time. And this little breakdown that I had this weekend, I just don't care anymore. And I do care, but I don't care right now. Because it, when traumatic things happen in your life, it puts it in perspective. You realize, hey, this these goals are important, but they're not everything. They're not the end goal. You know, it's not worth losing other stuff. It's not worth losing people. It's not worth losing myself. <clears throat> and even if it starts off with noble intention, it's not worth getting distracted, getting caught up in, you know, you lose sight of why you're doing something. And it starts to take over your life. And it's not even why you began anymore. And that's not good. <clears throat> but this last few days, I've really had time to kind of contemplate everything, to process everything. Think back over the last few years again, as I had before. And since I realized that, because the first thing is that I didn't hide from the pain, thankfully. And that had a huge impact. That was very important. And I'm glad I learned that lesson earlier this year. Because it made this process so much quicker. Because last time I went through this, I had to learn that lesson first and then move through it. I didn't have to do that this time. I knew to sit with it. And it wasn't a fluke last time. I'm here to say that it works. It sucks. It really sucks. A lot. It's painful. It's difficult. It's challenging. But at the end of the day... psychology hack it's how you it's how you get yourself to move forward that's how you get better <clears throat> and now you know i'm still struggling with everything i'm not better but i have integrated a lot of darkness a lot of pain i'm not hiding from it and it makes a huge difference so i just want to encourage you guys to do the same thing you know if it means just having a very long talk with yourself, I like to pretend that I'm talking to either a therapist or Joe Rogan on his podcast. Those are my two things. That's my go-to. That's how I problem solve. I pretend that I'm talking to somebody else and I just explain everything. I tell my story. I tell what I'm going through, what I feel. <clears throat> but I try to do it in two ways. I try to explain it 
my, my imaginary therapist, first of all, <clears throat> I explain it to him as it is now. I explain it to whatever like talk show host that I'm like looking at. I tell my story from, from hindsight and I explain how it was and how I'm so much better now and why it was good for me. And when you start telling yourself, oh, this is why it was good for me, then your brain finds reasons why. Your brain works that out on its own. It's justification. It's the wants to avoid cognitive dissonance. <clears throat> so it's a great problem-solving technique that I use. But at the end of the day, guys, just stay strong. Face up to what's bugging you. If you're not totally fulfilled, if you're not emotionally healthy and integrated, first of all, seek professional help if you need to. Don't ever hesitate to that. There's no shame in it, 100%, especially if you're having really dark thoughts like don't don't try to go through it alone if you don't have to okay like be careful who you reach out to but don't feel ashamed to ask for help don't be ashamed to be vulnerable to be transparent you know it's one thing i've learned like i don't particularly want to talk about the fact that i'm had a complete mental breakdown this weekend that i've cried that i've felt hopeless that i've let all of my good habits go which I mean they're not gone forever but I I was in a dark place like I just not comfortable for me to say but I know that if I don't say that nobody's it's, there's no credibility people that are actually going through it are going to think that I'm just talking out my ass they're not going to think that I'm really offering something valuable okay so don't be afraid to put it out there that you're struggling because you never know who you're going to impact who's going to relate to you okay get help but at the end of the day guys don't be afraid to go through this process it's gonna suck it's gonna hurt but you're not alone you're surrounded by invisible help you're surrounded by the collective unconscious by all of humanity millions countless people have gone through this before are going through it now and you might not know them you might not ever meet them maybe nobody ever finds out what you go through but somewhere in your DNA, this is going to get stored. Just like your ancestors stored their memories in your genetic code. <clears throat> and you're unlocking it as you go through life. And you're dealing with problems that are not new, okay? It might feel new, but the emotions, they're the same, man. They're the same. So just stay strong, guys. Don't be afraid to, to push through to do what you have to. Oh, God. Mr. Mallard's going crazy. I don't know if you guys could hear that. I think there's a snake in the water. All right. Anyway, that wraps up what I have to say. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, reach out to me on social media. It's uh, Jack Gray Psychology Hacks. Or Jack Gray underscore Psychology Hacks. I've got a blog going too, guys. It's basically, it's not an exact transcript, but if you guys want to read things, if you want to look over it, um, just check it out. It's psychology or Jack Gray Psychology Hacks dot com um the the writing's a little bit more succinct it's a little bit more intelligent because i don't really talk the way i write but yeah guys check me out there reach out to me on social media if there's anything i can do to help if there's any content that you guys want to hear uh just let me know happy to help you guys stay safe